engine penalties ruined the weekend at Monza. F1 fans can't make up their mind on late safety cars. And Nick with a Y is better than Nick with an I. Let's jump to start. What's up, everybody? Welcome in Jump to Start Racing podcast. My name is Wellington, and I want to make sure that you guys are aware of what we're going to talk about today. The 2023 World Drivers Champion, Nick DeVries, right? Next year? No? Okay. <laughs> Another Dutch World Champion. I'm here with Yancy. How are you doing? I'm all right. And you? Ruben? What's going on, guys? On today's episode, we'll talk about the future second Dutch world champion, or not second, but the, the future Dutch world champion, Nick DeVries, <laughs> some more silly season. And um, there was, within the grid penalties, there was a, a race, right? Yeah. Within the safety car fallout, there was a race somewhere in there. Before we get started, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at jump to start f one We're also asking for you guys to leave us some, I, w- I wish I had sad music, uh, Reviews on the podcast platform of your choice. Make sure to uh, like, comment, subscribe on our social media channels. Again, at Jump to Start F1 on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter? Twitter. Uh, they changed the name? Yes. They changed the name. They changed how it was written too. After they didn't sell to Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> they went no, somewhere they, else. They sold Ta- Twitter. Twitter. No, <laughs> <laughs> they jump shipped. Yeah. T-A-W-I. <laughs> Ruben, it was only two days. How was your weekend, my man? Too short. Only, Definitely too short. Only two days. Yancy, how was yours? Oh, phenomenal long, weekend. Long. Too long. Phenomenal weekend. The summer of Yancy continues. Yes. Yes. No, no end in sight, apparently. <laughs> All right. So... Jumping in, some silly season news, and last week's episode title was Silliest Season, right? Or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. It just gets sillier. So, <laughs> Ruben's favorite driver. Ruben's favorite driver. Ruben's favorite driver, Nico Hulkenberg, is actually in contention per Autosport.com. So, I, you know, it's a reputable, web, reputable website. Is in contention for the 2023 Haas F1 seat. You know what's the reason why, right? What, what's Ru- Rubens is manager. <laughs> <laughs> He's been pushing behind the scenes, making sure hooking back. Listen, it's hooking back. I'm so, such a good manager. I gotta do juju <laughs> <laughs> Black magic, so he could, so he could be called. <laughs> Gunter Gunter Seiner says everybody with a super license is on the list. I think he's a candidate like all the other ones because he's got a super license. He has done F1. He has experience. That is... Was that shade? That is... No, that's... That's please somebody come drive for us that isn't <laughs> Mick Schumacher. The bar is literally at hell level. You just have to oh, walk wow. in. Oh, wow. I thought he was throwing shade at Colton Herta. Whoa. I, I don't... Anybody with a super license. I, I dude, if they're come on, if they're talking to Nico Hulkenberg, you know they got to be desperate. Oh, come on, Nico Hulkenberg isn't that bad. Okay, I, I think it has to do with money. Let's do. Who's gonna come in for Nico Hulkenberg money wise? That's not there for Mick Schumacher. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, remember, Mick Schumacher is there because that German sponsor yeah. wanted a German driver. Nico Hulkenberg mm-hmm. was German, so maybe 
why to would re- <laughs> to retain no but to retain the sponsorship yeah, but and make Nico- make would be cheaper mm, i don't think so okay well, nico hulkenberg is also a proven team leader that can score points so there's that as well he was a team leader at Renault. a proven team leader yeah, he was he was a top driver at Renault. He, he he on the way when they were on their way up the grid from like the, the doldrums when they when he rejoined F one they got up they got up to fourth. He was a team leader at that point uh, up until Danny Ricardo came onto the team, but he was scoring points for them all the time. There was a point in time where we were saying that Nico Hulkenberg was like a shoe in for fifth place at every single race. Because he was always scoring points for them. So, I mean, that's what you need. It's a midfield team. And he has led the team before, so he has the experience. And he can score points. That mm. w- It wouldn't be bad. And anytime that he has come back to replace another driver, uh, be it at Force India or Aston Martin, if the car is good underneath him, he scores points as well. And he, I think he – didn't he qualify – like top three at one race, also I think it was at Silverstone. So, yeah, but it's it's Haas. Yeah. So the car is not going to be underneath him. So what? How old is too old? How old should a driver be before they start to con- consider just retiring? Never. They're never going to retire. Hmm. I mean, Sebastian, also, Sebastian Vettel just retired. Yeah, but we've also seen. Look at Fernando Alonso. We saw Nicky Lauda come back from retirement and won a championship. How old was um, he when he did that, though? He was like in, like in late 30s. So would you say that Sebastian Vettel age is the appropriate age to be able to retire? He came in a long time ago. I don't even know what year he came he, in. Oh, he was one of the youngest drivers ever at that point when he came in. But would you say that's a good line? 36, 37, yeah. I mean, but you okay. look, at, look at Alonso, 41. Lewis Hamilton, 37. Would you yeah. say that those guys are like generational talents, though? Hamilton, Vettel. Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, but you're not going to get a generational talent in a Haas. Okay, so Nico Hulkenberg is one month younger than Sebastian Vettel. Okay. Yeah. He's still a serviceable driver. So you would take him over Mick Schumacher? I don't know what the hell's going on with Mick Schumacher, but no, I wouldn't, but they don't want Mick Schumacher on there. Maybe they maybe Schumacher commands a top salary or you, a higher salary than, than Hulkenberg. You would take him over Marcus Erickson? They will put Marcus Erickson will come back to L4. Okay. Who else is out there? Marcus Erickson is in a top team in IndyCar, and he was in contention for the championship up until the last three races. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's in a better situation over there. Would you take him over Nicholas Otifi, Nico Hockenberg? How? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) That is not a question. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just making sure you guys are awake. Okay, so (laughs) beyond that, um, the whole Colton Herta thing, he's still, what was it, six super license. Hold on, let me just make sure. eight. Let me just make sure. No, that's six. I think he has 34. Yeah. He has 32, I believe. He, he will get has, six if he... He has 32 points at the moment. Yes. Correct. So, he needs to be at 40 for the super license. Yes. So, what Ruben was just going to say is that he could get six by participating in each FP1, each FP1 session having no penalties and completing 100 kilometers of testing mm-hmm. per session. That's six. It would still leave them too short. So there was talk about having them drop down and do some series during the F1 off season, 
but each of those would require the Toyota Racing Series the or the Indian and Asian Formula Regional Series. Each of those would require essentially being in the top portion of the drivers to finish to be able to secure enough points to be able to qualify. Like in the top three, right? They require uh, Something like different that. Mm-hmm. regulations. It depends on which series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Toyota Racing Series is the one that offers the most points. And you would have uh, the top five. The F3 Regional Asian. Um, it awards 18 super license points mm-hmm. to regional Asian to the 14 winner. to the runner up and yep. 12, 10. But to jump in cold during an off season and be able to, it's, it's a, I, it's I, a big I get gamble. you're a talented driver, but it's a big gamble. It's a big gamble, but it's not crazy levels of competition either. So, I mean, I don't see if it's a spec series, I don't see why he wouldn't be able to do it. But it's, yes, it is a gamble. You never know. But he's coming from a spec series, so he might be able to excel because he's already getting, you know. No, oh, he's coming from what, the top spec series. I would because I would I would call IndyCar the top spec series in the in the in the world. Okay. Because the the only other one would be Formula Two, and I think that yeah, IndyCar is. Like as far as like the variety of tracks, mm-hmm, like we mm-hmm. said last week, variety of tracks and the competition that you're getting, you're getting world class driver competition. I don't see the problem. I mean, the only other thing that that yeah, as far as open wheel spec series, IndyCar would be the top. Remember, F1 is not a spec series. So. I highly doubt that FIA, the FIA, will bend on this. There's got to be, there's going to have to be some type of agreement. He'll do this, he'll do this, and then yes. He'll be able to join. Well, I think the, the FIA is not bending on break uh, or, or, I mean, they're pretty set in stone that he has to get the super license. Yeah, point. And this is why said. Red Bull and Colton Herta, I think it's more Red Bull than anything, are exploring the other options. The options, yeah. Um, last time Red Bull did this, it was with, um, oh, Jesus, what was his name? He made a big hoopla, and I don't think, he, he raced in the series. Which series? Uh, in the Formula F3, Dan Tictum. It was with that Dan Tictum. He raced in the series, but it ultimately there wasn't enough cars to compete where the FIA was given enough points. So he just couldn't. And then there was a whole bunch of incidents um, that he just didn't finish in the top positions to gain enough points. So it's a big risk for them to do that. Uh, and money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the car might not work, blah, 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 blah. We'll see. And then it becomes a safety issue too, right? Yep. This guy's not qualified to drive, etc. So all, along those lines, another American driver has, uh, in the Red Bull Young Development Driver Program or Young Driver Development Program, Jack Crawford is moving from Formula 3 to Formula 2. Actually, I think I got that wrong. Yeah, he's yeah, moving he from Formula mm-hmm. 3 to Formula 2. Uh, it's... Um, the way I want to say it is that it's all of a sudden a dash, right, for American drivers, for Red Bull. I think that the monetary gain there would be substantial. I'm not sure why Haas is not in the picture on this. In what sense? Meaning they're trying to get a, 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 an American F driver. They, they don't have the resources to get an American F driver. Yeah, they're the only American F1 team with... Obviously, we've I think we've overstated how popular F1 has become here in the United States. I don't know why House wouldn't try to capitalize on something like I this. don't think there is one that's qualified. Yeah. This, there's still a lot of things that 
that have to develop for some some of this, I guess, young talent from the U.S. coming out to mm -hmm. obviously the new love that the U.S. has for Formula One is going to draw the kids that are growing up. So it's probably going to take them maybe, I would say maybe like three to five years to have like really good talent, you know, join and stuff. I'm not saying this this gentleman uh, Jack is not good. I'm just saying that to have more of a bigger crowd, you know, join. It's also a different racing culture here in the States. I exactly. Mean, which is why we don't have a series like a Formula One here in the States. Everything is spec series. Everything is down to the driver here. If you're a talented driver and you get in a spec car, you'll be able to compete for wins. Ultimately, every racer, every race car driver wants to compete for wins. F1 is a different animal. Um, but it's like you said, with the popularity now growing, maybe that might open the door for more young drivers to come through mm -hmm. instead of going straight to Indy Lights or going to Indy Car Series or IMSA or even NASCAR. They'll come to Europe. But, I mean, it, it seems that if you even look at the point system, the way the FIA rewards the super license mm -hmm. points, they obviously it's always tipped for those drivers that come through the European step Leaks. ladder, mm -hmm. meaning F3, F2, F1. Um, should it be that way? I don't think so. And I yeah, think that, that if change. you... Uh, that, yeah, but uh, just the way it's changed for them to have more races here in the United States, mm -hmm. they can change uh, the point systems for these racing series that are based out of the United States. So, so the American drivers have more of a chance to race in Europe. Um, and you've seen that too with the marriage of the like with in in uh, endurance car racing. You've seen the marriage of the two top uh, prototype series, meaning mm -hmm. uh, for IMSA and and WEC. Now it's all basically going to be the same spec car, so they can race across the pond, meaning at Daytona Twenty Four, or in um, or in Le Mans, or even in. Um, this is the other race in Florida. I forgot the endurance race is six hours. Six-hour race, but um, which is a very popular race all over the world. Hopefully, we see more of that combining together, so American drivers have the same parity as European drivers and Asian drivers to get into F one. But I mean, it's it, just, it'll take time. Yeah, like because of the of the growth on F one in the last, I would say, two three years here, two years, that is coming down the pipeline. Because remember, we got you know Mexico. That's an F1 culture. And we had like a kid like Sergio Perez goes from Mexico, moves to Europe to follow his F1 dream. Just a matter of time for it to happen. Same more. with Danny Ricardo from Australia. Exactly. Same with a lot of these guys. Well, I mean, the, so now that the, the, the F1 culture is growing here and, it's, mm -hmm. and we could see it on a weekly basis, just pretty much going to the middle that we go, where some, obviously, Italy was always, it's always been a popular race, but some of the smaller races, the bar is sold out. And that's all over the country. And so, you know, it's coming. That young talent is something that's coming. That's, that's well, one of I think it's already here. Though. If, yeah, if, no, if, I'm saying, but they just gotta get qualified. Exactly. For it. Yeah, if F one doesn't mess it up. <laughs> no, I think it's, I think it's only also drive change to change the way F one looks at Indy. To you know, to be able to work out, you know, the, some of the. Come I on. I don't think that they will. To be hundred percent upfront, it's just it's all it's, it's all going to have to matter for the growth of the sport to have more talent available for ease of use of drivers too. You know, like come on, this kid hurt. Yeah, super. but I mean, and then the other issue. I mean, this is down the line. Mm -hmm. But you have already like a backlog of talent 
in the lower racing categories here in Europe. Yeah. F1, 10 teams, 20 driver slots. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you have a few slots for the reserve drivers. You're going to need more teams in F1. Yep. For that amount of talent to come through. Yep. If not, you're just going to have a clog in the system. It's gonna be that's exactly where I was going. I mm -hmm. think that you need Andretti and you mm -hmm. need the full actual American team to join. And, yeah. and that's when you're going to start to seeing things start to even out. Because if I'm European, why would I? These, these freaking Americans, they already think they're whatever. They, they think they're the only <laughs> country in the world. Why would I want to invite these guys into my beautiful, amazing sport? Granted. There's money. That's exactly. Money. And who owns Formula One now? An American company. Maybe. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> American company is also the top sponsor for Red Bull. <laughs> so it'll be champions. <laughs> so I didn't see any other news. It was a very slow news week. Well, yeah. Uh, most of the news is coming out of the race situation. Yep. So let's get into it, Ruben. Race recap. Gentlemen, a short view back to the past. No? What did you guys think of the Ferrari livery? I like the race suits. The, those were cool. The banana? The banana peel suits, yeah. I, I like I like the livery. Um, I, was just, I don't know the meme that I sent you guys. Though. Oh, yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> That's what made me think of it. But, um, so the meme that Ruben sent was exactly <laughs> the quote. <laughs> gentlemen, 30 years ago, or gentlemen, a uh, short view back to the past, written on the Ferrari <laughs> On the Ferrari, the we'll, yellow uh, part of the we'll post it. You know what's crazy <laughs> is that when I was watching uh, practice, practice. Uh, the, replays of, the replays of the practice, I was actually looking closely at the Ferrari to see, if it to see if it was really saying that. <laughs> so it, it actually brought back, because Ferrari's original color was that, the yellow. Mm -hmm. Before I was able to go into Scarlet Red or whatever, but their name was is always in yellow that way. Mm -hmm. And now the yellow, you know, if you look at their their the colors that they use are two catchy colors. The red is super catchy. Obviously, we could say Marlboro Red or whatever you want to say, but mm -hmm. the red is now. Well, it's not a Marlboro Red. No, yes, Marlboro I'm just saying. Red was a lighter color. Yeah. And then the yellow that was pretty much the original logo color mm -hmm. that they, that they well, had. Well, it's still the, same, still the same color of the logo. Yeah, the background of the horses is mm -hmm. still that yellow. I think, well, it's like the suits. I didn't like the suits. I think the I suits, they could have done a better job with the suits, but the livery of the car was hot. I, I like the, the Renault suits. That's why I like the The Renault suits. Okay. I didn't like the suits. I like the helmets that the guys wear. The helmet also. The the, the, hel the yellow helmets were dope. The matte color of the helmets, that was dope. Yeah. I thought that the lines on the fin were really nice, were really well. I thought it was, overall, I thought it was a nice livery. I think the best part of the livery was the Ferrari written. In the wing. In the back wing. I think that was a really nice touch. It they was, haven't had anything on the, on the back wing all year. No, it's been black. Okay. So, I mean, I it, I think it came out really nice. Yes. I mean, I don't know how many anniversaries Ferrari's going to have. It, been, it seems like they have an anniversary somewhere every, every year. <laughs> that, uh, that would make sense, right? An anniversary every year? <laughs> <laughs> Am I bugging? Yes. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this year was for the the set for the hundred anniversary celebration. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, doesn't Mercedes at no, some point right. they're gonna pick up a different yeah. uniform? Or maybe they already did this. Seventy six years. Yeah. So uh, there's that. Okay. Yeah. See, what did you think of the race weekend? 
race weekend. And I hesitate to ask this because I think we all feel the same way. Yeah. So no. I'll say something different than what you guys say. Uh, oh, it was great. No, it was. It wasn't the typical uh, Monza excitement, mm -hmm. so to speak. I think that the um, the race wasn't that exciting, even though there was a. It was. It was an intriguing race. Uh, but it wasn't crazy exciting. It's not in the right home about. And I think that the uh, um, the results of qualifying is what really it was very confusing and very frustrating. Also, uh, to me, this weekend sucked. It was too much confusing, too much to try to figure out what the hell is going on and and where is this guy, where is that guy, and the race itself also sucked. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Okay. Well, I mean, just when you thought the race was getting exciting, F you know, FIA throws in their dart again. <laughs> okay. So, oh, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, um, that's not going to go too much into it. <laughs> we're going to talk about you, that you want one thing and then you change your mind. Yeah, right? Right? That's what I think. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> Shout out to the Italian Grand Prix Monza organizers for completely screwing it up. All we saw whole weekend on Reddit was the report and yeah, Twitter. Went completely the reports of just how screwed up the whole organization was. You had to get an NFC wristband that you could pay with, but then the wristband didn't work or it couldn't be read. Then you had to buy tokens. You ended up there was a guy on Reddit that posted uh what yeah, was man. it? Saturday morning or Sunday morning. I'm on a one kilometer line. Ask me anything. <laughs> 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 People were there waiting for hours for water for the yeah, bathroom. Yeah, yeah, and that line was not to get in the track. He was already inside the track. He was already inside the track saying, and there were multiple people, I missed part of qualifying, I missed uh, free practice, FB. whatever, mm -hmm. I missed uh, the lower level races. It's And it was the entire weekend? The entire weekend. It, it is a, a travesty that they can't get it right in Monza, like. Did they hire Ferrari engineers to do this? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you saw how it just, yeah, it's yeah. like volleyball. You set it Ching! and you spike it. <laughs> Listen, we've been to Mexico, Monaco, Canada. What else? I think that's it. Yeah. Excellent organization. I didn't have any issues anywhere. No. I just, I cannot believe for, for whatever, the a thousandth anniversary race of at the Italian Grand Prix. Hundred. What What are we doing here? But those are our thoughts on the and race. and that was just because they were trying to use this NFC wristband technology that just didn't work. No, no, it was the, the some of the stuff that. that Why is done. it that this is happening this year? Not last they. They year. were just. I think that in general, the organization was just bad. So yeah. regardless, even if you had uh, euros, it would have been a problem mm. because they just didn't have enough people selling or or whatever, right? Even even the facilities weren't there, right? And also, what somebody the, the same guy because you shared it to us, there was somebody that that, that said that um, things that they were not allowed to come in to the normally we like we're going to, we've been to Canada in Canada you're allowed to bring a water bottle right and you might have a small in, bag in Mexico it was exactly what this guy said that you had to open the water bottle before they let you in with it yes so it's like okay what what the fuck is the point you can't mm -hmm. even carry it in a bag because it's just gonna spill right out you gotta hold it upright yeah whatever. I mean, uh, so you're in the hot sun, no water, no no bathroom, water, no, no shade. Yeah, it was like a facilities issue too, as well. It was saying. It seems like there's a lot of issues of like that this year. Right. So we hear that France constantly, was like, like that Castellet, too, yeah. yeah. Is it because obviously 
you see the amount of people that attend these events over the weekend. He said some of these tracks are not, they don't think it's going to get, you know, how many people are going to come? Or like, I wonder if expecting... it's just they're not expecting it because we haven't had this many people at a track for such a long time. Or maybe it's the same reason we're always, we're having issues that no, there's not enough people working. Yeah, so obviously besides, I don't know. I don't besides, know what it is. I'm just trying to think about yeah, what, yeah. What, what could it be. Besides the... Because yeah, it's not the first time they hold the Grand Prix that's what I'm saying. Like, besides the closeouts, like, you know, with no fans that we had, have you ever seen Monza empty? No, of course not. It's no, always like a sellout. There. Come on. Have you seen any racetrack empty? Come on. No, but I'm saying, like, come on. You can't get it right? I think also that you have to... I mean, um... I don't know, man, because these are seasoned tracks that know how to, you know, run a Grand Prix or know how to put together a yeah. Grand Prix. I mean, the only other thing that, I, that I've heard this year was Miami, where they limited the amount of tickets that they sold because they didn't want something like that to happen, especially the first year of, of mm-hmm. Miami. Maybe that's something that these tracks have to re- have to do. But they're, they're all, all the promoters are strapped for cash. Because they haven't had like a, a crowd like this in two years, yeah. So it's like they're just gonna let anything happen. But I mean, that's not a good experience for the fans or for us that we would attend a Grand Prix, and it's not a good look on F one and Toad, especially I mean, as a sport that is growing in popularity. I, I agree with you, but also the, the promoter thing—they're expecting people to come. So why are you gonna order just ten porta parties? What are freaking fifty? They're not. There's not that much of a difference when you order ten, twenty, whatever. You know. You know that there's other other things that go into. No, no. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, you're saying into course. obviously because people complain about facilities. Yeah, you but know? I mean, there's other things. I mean, these promo. We all know that. I mean, there's there's shady dealings that go on, and maybe you want to save some money, so instead of ordering ten porta parties, you order five, and you get a shit show, literally. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I mean. It, you don't know what's going on, but it, honestly, to the to the amount of money that we're paying now for tickets for an F one event for the entire weekend, stuff like that should not be happening. I agree. I agree. A situation like this should, should just roll down. And right? remember, these events are being <laughs> these events are being sold out months in advance, so you know how many Years. people are coming. Yep. Like Miami was a year in advance, yep. so you know how many people are coming. Get ready, they're yep. coming. So I'm just not gonna let my ticket get lost. Like, oh, I'm not going. Not going. I mean, how the heck I'm going? Speaking of chaos at the uh, Italian Grand Prix, Italian Grand Prix grid penalty chaos looks set to produce unpredictable race. That was the headline for ESPN as they rattled through everybody that had a penalty. So are you guys ready? Max, Sergio Perez, Ocon, Boras, Magnussen, Schumacher, Sainz, Hamilton, and Tsunoda. Nine freaking drivers. That, um, it's got to be a record, right? It's got to be a Guinness World Record, right? So there were three drivers that had back a grid. There were one, two, three, three drivers that also had 15-place grid penalties. Max and Ocon had five grid-place penalties. And Sergio Perez had a 10-place grid penalty. It took six hours after qualifying (laughs) for the FIA to determine what was the order of the grid for Sunday. That's crazy. <laughs> In that same ESPN article, uh, I think they showed the the tweet by uh, by by Gasly. Does anybody know? Yeah. By Gasly, does anybody know where I'm starting tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> he probably still doesn't know. So listen, that took the air out of 
all are qualifying. Yeah. They they normally at Monza you have everybody backing each other up. They want to yes. get toes. They they screw each other up. There was zero of that this weekend. Max would just just went out there. He just did his thing. He just didn't care. Still ended up, I guess, finishing second place in uh, in terms of the what you call it the the qualifying session. Can they just never do it? There's got to be a better system, is right? This, that's what that's change. Is this, this could possibly be, or maybe it is already, these rules, the the sustainability rules, coming back to bite the FIA in the butt. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, yeah. Because you're only allowed three engines, obviously, throughout the season. It's pretty clear that they can't do the it. The past two years that they can't, do three engines and then this is it used to be four they can't do three engines and the teams would rather take the penalty and get a, a fourth engine in the pool so they can finish off the season strong if they're gonna take four engines anyways might as well allow the four engines but but yes he that wasn't me it makes for it makes for more exciting racing to have max and leclerc in the back uh, clearly not. Oh, it, it was fun seeing Carlos Sainz coming up through the field, but it, it's not like they can uh, uh, challenge for the win. Because even if they get up to the to fourth place, if, if even if they get up to fourth or fifth place, the leaders are so far ahead. That well, that, that's if you're anybody touch. other than Max Verstappen this happened. year, who yeah, did it from eleventh and from fourteenth. Do you think that uh, that Max Verstappen? I'm from seventh. Yeah. You think if he starts at the back, he still wins? Yes. Jesus. Depending mm-hmm. on the track, yeah. Yeah. Man. He would have done it in, in Belgium, for sure. He would have done it in uh no, Especially short tracks, yeah. Brazil, he was, I'm pretty sure he'll do it that too. I mean, Lewis Hamilton did it last year, right? Yeah. It's, he, he took oh, from 10th. No, Hamilton tenth. was from 10th. Okay. That's... Yeah. So, any other thoughts on qualifying? Because it was... Qualifying sucked. Ruined it, right? The penalties? Yeah. It's got to be a different system. I don't know what you do, but it's got to change. Well, it did. It's, it's been changed away from the past. Remember, because... Um, okay, but this is still not working. No, yeah, it is. It's just need to re- readjust it. Because remember, when, when the McLaren days, when they were getting a like freaking 60-degree penalty, <laughs> just to bring more engines to the pool, yeah. and then they are, they they change that around so you don't have that many. It's just crazy. I'm still thinking of Gasly's tweet. Is anybody <laughs> Uh it's frustrating because as I mean these there's no solutions to something so simple as this. <laughs> and it's F one. You find a solution for the most Penalize complex points. Problems. If you really want to be serious, knock off points. Yeah. Yeah. One point, five points to it just keeps growing the more engines you use. Hit them in the pockets. But then you'll And have, it's not fines. We're talking about slower races. Oh? Huh? You'll have slower races. Guys will be saving engines. Is that what you want as F one? But that's the whole thing. It's like then they'll find the, the loophole, but there has to be a better way to do this. So the finishing order for qualifying was Leclerc, Max, in, from top six. Leclerc, Max, Sainz, Perez, Hamilton, Russell. The starting grid, Leclerc, <laughs> Russell, Norris, Ricardo, Gasly, Alonso. What, uh, the only one that was up there was Leclerc. Leclerc. Russell was sixth. He made it up to second. Norris was, I think, seventh. Dude, just we need a new system. Yeah, because it, it weekends like this because that uh, killed this weekend. Yeah, and then, and that's the thing. It's like we're getting to the end of the season, and that's what that's really what's killing. And then 
we saw last year too the same thing where they were taking penalties. I think they started taking the penalties at because Saudi yeah. Arabia was uh, at, the la- at the end of the season, yeah. so they were taking penalties for that race because it's a quick track and it's probably easier to overtake on that track. That's what they thought was the first year. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't make for good racing. Doesn't make for a good spectacle. It just yeah, they need to change it. Right, just load up a rocket ship and yeah. So are we are we um, ready to talk about this, guys? The future Dutch champion Nick DeVries. <laughs> no, so Alex Albon suffered from respiratory failure after appendicitis surgery. Dude, Alex get well soon. Yeah, yeah. Some things are bigger than racing. I uh, hope he's okay. Talented young driver. No, uh, he was. He'll um, be back soon. He was in. Uh, they put him. They put him in ICU. Uh, he got better right afterwards, and now he's in general care. I think he got released already, so he yeah. should be fine. And he should be able to race in Singapore. That's Those are the reports, what the reports are saying. Maybe Nick DeVries might not like that, but yeah. I mean, it's three weeks away, essentially. Oh, well, Nick DeVries will probably announce that he got signed with Williams. Yeah, he'll Singapore, be his partner next so year. So he'll be happy. Or maybe they just might replace Latifi altogether. Jesus. You imagine? They should. They should. Yep. So... All right, so we watched it in qualifying. Um, Nick DeVries out-qualified. He out-qualified Nicholas Latifi. He, so, all right, so he started the weekend as a reserve driver doing a free practice session for That's Aston Martin. Martin. Mm-hmm. After the whole Alex Albon incident, he moves into the car to take the seat as the reserve driver. So from one car to another, obviously a different style, different setup but is able to out-qualify the guy that's been in the car all season, finishes 13th to Nicholas Latifi's 16th. I'm qualifying. Bravo, Nicholas Latifi for 16th, by the way. One of the highest qualifyings for him the whole <coughs> year. So that put Nick DeVries starting at 8th due to all the engine penalties. Yep, which he dropped down. Is No, he went, he went up. Went up like crazy. No, he dropped down in, like, in order. My bad. Yeah, went up to the front. Five spots. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, what is there to say other than what's already been said? Great drive. Uh, deserves a seat in F1. He is the Formula Formula E champion, mm-hmm. former Formula E champion, mm-hmm. former Formula 2 champion. And it just continues to point to there is a ton of young talent that has just not been able to get into the big dog seat. I like the, the radio message at the end of the race. Uh, am I still like on park for a mail? Because somebody come help me get out of the car. <laughs> yeah, he had to be helped out of the car. <laughs> the his shoulders. shoulders were messed up. He's not. It wasn't used to it. The the. I think we will be seeing less and less of paid drivers as the years go on because. Um. One, they're getting rid of Latifi because Doralton Capital obviously took over the team, so there's an influx of cash there, so they don't need a paid driver. Also, the new financial rules yes. for F1 teams, where it makes teams, teams a little bit more viable, where they're going to get some guaranteed money, where they're not where they're not close to bankruptcy, as Williams was at one point, and that's why they had to hire pay drivers, Nicholas Latifi, um, and, so and uh, Sergey Sorokin before him. Um, as these teams become more financially viable, where they don't need money from sp- necessarily need money from sponsors or drivers we are going to see 
less and less of the paid driver and more of the talent come through because they will be able to pay these drivers, uh, talented drivers, even if they don't have the sponsorship money behind them. Hmm. And it'll keep the ball rolling. And if you're good enough, you're good enough. If you don't, you leave and make room for the next one. He's definitely got talent, though. He showed it. And he deserves to be an F1. Yeah. Oh, he should be an F1. We'll see how silly season. Right. I winning. think Nick DeVries will have a good Formula One career. And eventually he'll move into the broadcasting booth and have another very good career with Why that. Do you, you, said, that? you said that on Sunday. Yeah, too. because he's very good on the post F1 show. Like, as far as his analysis, he's very good. He knows what he's talking about. He's a very smart driver. He's going to be an F1 next year because yeah. Toto's boy. Yeah. Those guys get seats. Um, <laughs> they do. No, I mean, his performance this weekend just gave him a, a, a humongous bump into yeah. that. Hamilton congratulating him. Max congratulating him. Russell congr- Like, everybody was so happy for him. But the big story of, the, I guess the second big story of this weekend, the safety car. So... We saw we saw a couple of a couple of times the safety car deployed. First, it was deployed for Sebastian Vettel. Then later on, it was deployed for at the end of the race for Nick. Uh, I'm sorry for Daniel Ricciardo having to retire. I believe it was lap 45 or 46. Mm-hmm. Took almost another full lap to deploy. By the point that it was deployed. Charles and Max had already passed where the safety car would be able to collect them. Um, I guess my first question is, is what on earth is going on with the race director that they can that they don't want to deploy? A car stopped on a track. In the line of fire, you should just automatically VSC it. And then if it'll take five or six seconds to determine, hey, we need a safety car instead of a VFC, right? Yeah, I, uh, I think here? I think this is a situation especially we didn't talk about it, but last week especially what brought us on the main street as guys are trying to pass each other. There is a culture in F one. What I've noticed, especially at me, while I watch other racing se- American racing series, particularly I watch more IndyCar than anything. But okay. what I've noticed is obviously I think. There is a culture here in the in, in United States racing where anything happens on track, safety car gets called right away. No questions asked. Action stops. Um, part of it, obviously, is for safety. But the other part is that it does add to the show when you have the cars bunched up again in a restart and mm-hmm. you get a shootout for the lead, especially on ovals. Um, however... It is safer that way because if something happens on track, we are we we already know that the action is stopping, and you can you can have the safety crews go go out there and make sure that the car is retrieved or you know get the driver out and things. I'm like more that. confident. Yeah, more confident. The complete opposite happens in in here in, uh, in Europe and especially in F1, where there's always a reluctance to call for the safety car because they're afraid that it might affect the racing action. Gotcha. But when you can't pull the trigger on it because you're afraid that you are going to be accused of somehow manipulating the race, um, then it, it, it just, what it creates was what happened last week and it's happened way before where 
you sometimes you might have a marshal on the track and a F1 car is running over or you have a car stopped on track and the driver can't get out because the car is still running because they didn't call a safety car on time. Um, it, it's just, it seems like it's a culture thing, but that has to change. It will change. To be honest with you. Will it? Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna change. It has to change due to the fact that I think the handbook with all these safety regulations has to be completely not rewritten but relooked at and reflushed out all these parameters that you know that that could take. For example, it's been years. They were know, last but, year, but because of what happened last year in Abu Dhabi, it's gonna get and now happened this week and it's gonna get rechecked. Uh, it but, has but to be. You're talking about apples and oranges. No, no, but you're talking about the race. Yeah, let, let's finish it yeah, yeah, versus the safety aspect. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So, for example. Just from this weekend alone, in the position the car was in, there needed to be a safety car. The minute you know, like the minute they walked to a safety car, the car and they could have moved the car, a safety car to be called. We called it right away. Yeah, we oh, said it right away. Watch the, the crowd was chanting in the bar, "Safety car." I don't get it. So maybe it would not gone as far as yeah, as far as like getting the the, the race red flag. But I believe the minute you have a crane in the in the in the, in the track, it has to be red flag. We already seen what has well, happened in the past. With Jules Bianchi. Yes. So, with a minute, it's more than two or three miles. Because remember, the car was pretty close to an exit point to get it. But the minute you could have moved the car, you have to pretty much, hey, no, the car's not going to go anywhere in the next couple. We need a crane. So, but that, still, to make that determination, it takes it needs a couple time. of laps. Yeah. I think that. When, at we, when we're at a track, the, the laps are like a minute and a half, more or less. In order to eliminate that question of are you manipulating the race, there's a rule. If there's a car stopped on the track, VSC right away, no problem. Yep. And then yeah. you can then decide you if, if it's a, uh, if it's a, a safety, safety car. car or not. So, would you agree the way the BSC was handled for Sebastian Battle? How was it handled? Remember, there was a BSC thrown and it was only there for like a couple of seconds and then taken back out. Because they, they determined the car could be taken as, out right, right away. As long as they were able to clear the car, that, that's, it, like, that's so not I, an issue. But throwing it right away is always the right, you always want to be safer. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just afraid that that that's why I say it needs to be relooked, re, you know, rewashed before something bad happens. Because I don't know. Like it's crazy to me that there's a whole GDPA uh, Grand Prix Driver GPDA Grand Prix Drivers Association that isn't screaming about this because it's their lives on the line. Yeah, because they both want the same thing. They don't want this. The because it, honestly, it goes back to the stupid notion that somebody can manipulate the race. Yeah, uh, it's the same issue that we had last. I mean. That race was manipulated. But I'm talking about last <laughs> year in Abu Dhabi. But it's just like you, we kind of got to, it's like you said, we kind of make got to make a decision on what's going to be better for everybody. And we think, and at this point, we're pretty sure it's safety first. So just throw out the damn VSC and put it in the rule book. And that's the way it's going to go. So there was, so the race ended in a safety car procession. There was an article that came out right away from the race. Actually, not right away. September twelfth, yesterday. Mm. F one teams couldn't agree to rule. Couldn't agree to a rule to prevent safety car finishes. So it has a lot of quotes from Andreas Seidel, mm. McLaren team boss. Based on the incident that happened last year at Abu Dhabi, I guess the FIA or somebody within wanted to solidify a rule. Hey, this is how we're gonna end races if there's a safety car but the teams just couldn't agree yeah because it 
I don't know. I don't know Which, why they Whichever way you go, it's too much stuff in the air. It's still too, too, that could lead to manipulation. But uh, so I don't get it. I don't get why an American series can get it right and then a European series can't. So I just don't get it. I want to make it, I want to make it very clear, and I know Yancey's going to agree with me. And it says it right in this article. Despite complaints from Red Bull and Ferrari, the two teams fighting for the win about the FIA's conduct and the way the race finished at Monza, it seems the situation was simply the result of the rules around the safety car being followed precisely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I'm don't... okay with that. I'm yeah. okay with that. Because if you were up in arms about what happened last year to Lewis Hamilton... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now you're complaining about that 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 you don't you don't want a race finishing with a safe under a safety car. Can you make up your mind, pick a lane? Because there's no point. Well, I, th- there's a lot of shades of gray within that because only allowing the the cars between them to unlap that that was BS. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, there was I, a whole lot of I know, but that was the whole the whole premise of why that even happened was to allow them. was to allow the race to finish under green flag conditions you get me but we all saw what could happen when you push for that the debacle that that happened to the point where you could even say that the right champion wasn't even crowned that day imagine saying that an asterisk mixed with asterisk so how crazy imagine how the world would be right now right mercedes or lewis hamilton goes ahead and wins that championship eight most winningest driver in history Max is so far ahead of everybody this else. Year. He would have his not even questioned. Nothing, nothing would be questioned this year mm-hmm. today. And it's like, okay, so then the world would be right because Max mm-hmm. would have his championship. Lewis would have, and there would be just no So discussion. now when a similar situation happens and all the rules are followed correctly by the FIA and the race director, the only complaint that we have against the race directors would be that they just didn't call the safety car out right of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the rules were followed yes. the way it should be, mm-hmm. right? And and this happens. I've seen this happen in IndyCar. I've seen this happen in, in IMSA. I've seen this happen in various racing uh, series all over the world. Sometimes I've seen it happen in Formula E. Sometimes you get a late accident and the race, and just, the race just finishes under safety car conditions. Mm-hmm. And it happens. Now, can you change it? Yes. Are there ways to change it? Yes, but you must sit down as a committee, FIA, FOM, uh, GDPA, and you hash it out because there's ways to do that. There's an idea that you can just throw the red flag right away if it's only, I think um, the race had a good video where it's uh, the, uh, as a proposition where if there's five per- less than 5% of the race left, mm-hmm. then anytime you have an incident on track, you red flag it right away, bringing the cards in so you can, so everybody can change the tires. Everybody starts in the same order and you go out and you, and you finish the race. You can do that. You can add race. You can add extra laps to a race if you want, it to, for, want that to happen. Yep. Almost like like yep. stoppage time in a soccer match yep. where you have stoppage time that is like again. 30 like, like you know what another an extra 10 minutes after the 45 minute mark you add the the those extra laps that, that were done under the safety car there are ways to do that but nobody wants to do that That'd be tough with fuel but yeah with yeah, fuel, yeah it would be tough with fuel timing, but as, then, well, yeah. timing as well the two hour mark yeah but again the whole the, that whole argument with fuel would be all right these cars are getting heavier anyways what's another what five liters of fuel or whatever the hell you want to uh, kill <laughs> whatever of, of fuel in the car they're going to be heavy anyways 
So there's ways to do it if you want to do it. Tommy WTF1, Tom Bellingham tweets, not defending what happened in Abu Dhabi 21, but this is the ending we would have had if the rules had been followed. Bit shit, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it. but again, if you were unhappy with the way the race ended in Abu Dhabi last year, this shouldn't bother you. This should not bother you because this is what is supposed to happen. But yes, <laughs> this is the voice of public opinion as they do on the fantasy football. Mm-hmm. But yes, why does it always have to benefit Red Bull? <laughs> <laughs> because Max puts himself in a position to win. That's why. And. I mean, that's, that's the just the way it is. Everybody man. would cry about stuff that how lucky Lewis gets, and yeah. it's because he, put he puts himself, himself in a position to win. Just the same way Daniel Ricardo won Monza last year because he put himself in a position to win. And anybody who gets a freak podium gets it because something happened at the front and they put themselves in a position to win. There is no, I mean, this, the conspiracy theories, this, the last two races have been insane. <laughs> Yuki Sonoda crashed on purpose so Max <laughs> could win. And, oh, the safety car was not put out so Max can stay out in front. Like, and, dude, and now the safety car was, put, was out. put out. Like, come on, man. Stop it. Stop. People are bored and they have nothing to do. <laughs> I'm still laughing. Wellington's boys. But yet. It's the voice of public opinion. It was shame, shamelessly stolen from the fantasy football. But yes. So, dude, so Max, easy win behind a safety car that was planted by Red Bull, right? So it was a, it was a tale of two tra- tire strategies, right? So Max went 25 laps on softs and was going to coast to an end on mediums until the safety car happened. Leclerc came in from the soft lap 12, went 21 laps on mediums, and back to softs. Would yep. he have caught Max? Who knows? No. I don't think so. I don't, so, think, so. But I don't think so. And then uh, the car is just hitting Red, all freaking cylinders. Red Bull so much, was determined man. to do the opposite of what Leclerc was going to do, anyways. Exactly. Yeah. So it was still going to be uh, it's still it was still going to be differing strategies, but uh, the Red Bull was just too quick. Like, put it that way. So how about? Okay. Well, before we well, jump into, I would say Max Verstappen and Red Bull were. Just too quick. Not yeah, that's a, good, that's a <laughs> very good point. Max Verstappen is on another level. Yeah, right now. your best friend Checo finish. What one, two, three, four, five, six. Mm-hmm. Anyway, here's this math: Max Verstappen wins and gets fastest lap. Leclerc gets eighth or less. Max clinches the world driver's champion. So, well, there's, well, there's one more caveat to that. Uh, Checo have to has to finish off the podium for that to happen as well. But okay, so mm-hmm. I yeah. I feel like we just disregard. No, no, cause... no. We're not even going to talk about that because if they need him to finish up the point, he will finish up. The no, no, it's not that. <laughs> there's so many other races. There's no way. There's no way that Matt. I don't think he's going to get the podium anyway. Whatever, nah. he's just been so off. But there's yeah. so many races left, and he would have to win and fastest lap every race. Mm-hmm. It's just. Yeah. I think the, the and you know that's not happening. The most. Uh... And then if he, if he wins it, I mean, that would be at Singapore. He can clinch it in in Japan, yeah. probably be more. It, it's academic, right? Yeah. If he clin- I mean, he has to get two more race wins. We're talking about Max Verstappen. Mm-hmm. He has to get two more race wins just to win the championship. Right now, he's on a five. 
a five win uh, five race winning streak. Uh, <laughs> Shit, yeah, the yes. record is nine. Yeah. By the way, Sebastian Vettel, Michael Schumacher, very very much a possibility that he could do that, even though Singapore does not suit the Red Bull too well, which is crazy to say that nowadays. To be yeah. honest with you. Most wins in a season is also 14. Yep. He's at 11. I think he can do that. There's five races left. Six races left. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that's a, that's a record held by, is it, that's Sebastian Vettel that holds that record. 14. Whoa. I think Schumacher. Schumacher, well. I think. I think, no, Schumacher is the one that has just nine. Nine in a row. I think that's the record. Nine in a row. Yeah, nine in a row. That's the Schumacher record. 14 wins in a season is Sebastian Vettel and yes. Michael Schumacher. That's crazy. That's crazy. Go Max. Yep. I think it'll be very tough for him not to win Singapore. Oh, Max? Max. Not he'll, to win or to yeah, win? He'll, he'll win Singapore. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's going to be a tough one. That's a tough one for that, for that car. Okay. Especially that um, the Mercedes. I'm sorry. The, the record is 13 races and it was Sebastian Vettel. Okay. Not Schumacher also? Not Schumacher. So Schumacher, Vettel, and Lewis Hamilton are tied for second for the most wins in a season with 11. Schumacher oh. achieved this feat in 2002, while Vettel did it in 2011. Lewis Hamilton has won 11 races in a season on four occasions. God damn. Geez. 2013, <laughs> 18, 19, and 2020, Lewis has also won 10 races in a season twice. So he's won 10 plus in 2013, 2015, 2016, 2018, 2013, right? And, and definitely Ferrari will be quick at Singapore as well. Um, Mercedes did face a lot of the, the bumping, but mm -hmm. at this track, if you see like the, some of the onboards, they're still bouncing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look at the Vries. That's why his shoulders are screwed at the yeah. end, by the way. So, all right, uh, Mercedes, are they going to win? Uh, I'm choosing my words carefully. Is Mercedes going to win a race this year? I'm still saying yeah. Me too. I say yes. Okay, so I chose my words carefully to follow up with this. Which driver? Right now, right now, I see George Russell doing it beforehand. Because what Yancey said, you got to put yourself in that position. Yep, and he's keep doing it week mm -hmm. after week. He's there. He's there waiting for somebody to have a flat tire, somebody to mess up. Somebody for for the next Ferrari, the next Ferrari incident, they were doing, waiting for something. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> it, it, it's very similar to the situation between Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc last year. I think both drivers are driving really well. Yes. Um, but... I don't. I don't know who comes out with the race win. I mean, and La Lando Norris uh, has been racing off the charts the past two years, and the only one with a race win is Daniel Ricciardo. Yep. And this is also why I, I said that Max will win Singapore because Ferrari's going to mess it up. Wow. George Russell, two hundred and three. I know you're just doing that in spite, but it's fine. Lewis Hamilton, one hundred and sixty-eight. <laughs> They're thirty-five. How you doing, Yancey? <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, Wellington. <laughs> George Russell, two hundred and three points. 
Lewis Hamilton 168. They're 35 points apart. I I don't see Lewis catching George. Yeah, that's a tough that's a tough gap to catch, especially when they're finishing so close to each other during the races, and it's not that many races left. The, will they come close? Maybe, but um, but Judge Russell, man, wow. I mean, you gotta have like a DNA. I, ho- I hope. I hope. Like let's not pray for that. I hope mm-hmm. that. Look, I love Lewis Hamilton, but George Russell beating him this season would be like George Russell has arrived. Um, yeah. <laughs> Be the seven-time world champion. And remember, the only teammates to ever beat Lewis Hamilton are all world champions. World champions. And they are Nico, Nico, uh, Rosberg, Nico Rosberg, Alonso, Alonso, and, and Jensen, Jensen Button. Button. Correct. Okay, so, gentlemen, short for you back to the past. Is there anything else to even mention with this race? I thought that... The safety car killed the weekend. The penalties killed the weekend. Like, it was just, in general, all the rules of F1 just destroyed this weekend. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. They need to clarify these things and make it better because they did not help their show. Especially at Monza. Because Monza is always a super, you know, high hype raids. We're expecting awesome results. We're expecting, we're expecting things to happen. Even if it's a... a Somebody backing me up, you know, backing up the whole field and qualifying. But we're expecting something like, yo, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was there's really nothing else we could say. It wasn't a great weekend for F1 overall. Um, there's a lot. I, I think after every season, there are things that have to be reviewed. Uh, it doesn't seem that. The FIA does a very good job of this. It looks like they just sweep things under the rug. Mm-hmm. But if they don't get a handle on this engine penalty stuff, which is now happening two years in a row, it's just gonna it's gonna affect the show. It 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 already has affected the yeah. show, and it's gonna continue continue to affect it. I don't think you can cut off your nose despite your face with these sustainability rules. I think things like you push for it, but. Um, at the end of the day, it's, this is still, it still has to be a sport, but also has to be entertainment or entertaining to us because we as fans drive the sport with the money that we give for either tickets or subscriptions, uh, merchandise, etc. And the only way we are going to get involved is that if we are entertained. I mean, it just have to be worked out a little bit that, they just push too, you know, too hard as far as like, the sustainability thing that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Maybe the new engine regulations are going are to change that as well, where they we're going towards more reliability. You know, when we're eliminating, the, I guess, the part that messes up the most or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Hopefully, we'll see. But they're they're also talking about using half the fuel that they use now. Well, that's the goal. That's yeah, yeah. The goal. I don't know how far they'll get there. But that's the goal. All right, boys. Anything else? Guys, make sure to follow us at Jump to Start F1 on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Two weeks off consecutive, and then it will be at, at the start of October, essentially, is when Singapore starts. Jeez. I know. I'm excited I know. about it. I'm excited to have Singapore back on October the 2nd. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Such a storied race in the last couple of years, especially for Ferrari. <laughs> Seb overtaking Charles after Charles going to the pit like that super overpowered undercut 
uh, the crash between Seb and Kimi. Wow. And Max, don't you ever bring that one up? Probably Seb Ferrari. That's what you get when you leave a space. <laughs> Anything else, boys? At Jump to Start, at Jump to Start F1 on Twitter and Instagram. No, that's it, man. Thank you. Peace.